0: Welcome to episode 13 of the Mia Sun Road podcast. We're going to call this one a grinding once again. I think we had a grinding out wins um, back a few episodes ago. Uh, Narrow 1-0 wins over Frankfurt and Kuhn, seen Bayern nine points atop the table, but neither match was really an inspired performance. Is this a case of what is there to really bitch about, or rather just making it through until the tough Bevo Bay Pokal encounter, or will it be tough? To parse this out, I have Mark Almstedt and Randall Hulk today with me. Uh, Randall, everybody will know you from Bundesliga fanatic. Um, how you doing? Um
1: i'm doing no i mean you know my team hasn't won a game all year how do you think i'm doing i mean i'm doing okay (laughs) and i have the uh, well my kids had the flu i don't have the flu i never get the flu but yeah i'm all right it's good good to be on thanks for having me
0: yeah it's such a pleasure i i've never had you uh, we never had you on recordmeister did we No, no, no. Oh, well, it sucks to be us.
1: (laughs) That was your mistake. Yes,
0: totally. (laughs) But but quite easily corrected here now and today. And uh, also, uh, Mark Almstedt. how are you today?
2: Good, good. Better shape uh, than cone, which (laughs) (laughs) I suppose is something.
0: (laughs) Right on. Um, So, uh, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about your, how did you get into your Bayern fandom? So I kind
2: of uh, got into it through the national team um, growing up in the U.S. You know, it's it was, especially back in the 90s, it was mostly what I could watch was the World Cup. And so I, being of German heritage, obviously, I um, started watching the German team and Ali Khan and Later, uh, Schweinsteiger were my favorite players, and obviously they played for Bayern. So <laughs> kind of just led me to become an a Bayern fan, and it's never let up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, I kind of came across it in the same way, but mine started back in the... Earlier. <laughs> that was Probably not I'm, much earlier, but a little yeah, bit earlier. I'm I'm old. It's okay. <laughs> we're we're okay with this. And um and and Randall, um how did you come to love Cohn?
1: Uh I, the long version of that can be found on uh, my blog, which has been dormant since I took took a job that actually pays. Um, <laughs> it's dot com. There is a there is a story on there about how I started following the uh, the club. But uh, long story short, I uh, <clears throat> I studied in Germany during college for one year I got dragged to a, I didn't want to go to a soccer game I got dragged to a Dortmund game of all things against Leverkusen and this was in 94 94 what? Um, awesome yeah 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 old school um and uh so when my son was born in 2010, I would take uh, morning feeding shifts and hold him on the weekend. So my wife could sleep because she was otherwise up all the time with the baby. So I'd have Owen in my arms while I'm watching TV and I'm wanting to watch something, uh, that I can watch without sound so he can go back to sleep, but I'm not going back to sleep. Um, and it, you know, if, uh, in the winter that time, it was basically like in the morning, it's like hunting shows <laughs> and, and, uh, and reruns of college basketball games which i just i don't know wasn't that interested so i stumbled i'm flipping through the channels one day and i i see german soccer i'm like oh i've i've been to germany like oh yeah i forgot i yeah so just started watching that's when i started watching the bundesliga and uh it's like oh soccer's not as boring as i thought it was you know without the talking heads it almost made it easier to kind of start figuring out the game and uh i I remember I was like, well, I went to a Dortmund. That should be my team. I should be a BVB fan. But since I'm a, I'm a Michigan native, you know, a fan of the Detroit Lions, it's, it's not really in our uh, DNA in that part of the world to, to, to follow a team that's winning. And at that time they, they were quite good. right? Uh, so I was like, oh, I can't do that. It'll be a bandwagon <laughs> jumper, and that would be the worst thing to be. So let me find another team. And, of course, I pick a team. By the time I pick a team, they were on their way to the second division. And I'm like, that's that's about a Detroit Lions fan's luck right there. So it seems like a perfect <laughs> real fit. So it's
0: <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> oh, That's amazing.
1: But, you know, at the end of the, you know, and, and I'd always be like, well, I don't know. You know, people ask <laughs> You know, the, the clone fans I know through social media, it's always like, well, you know, they say is uh, you, you can pick your wife, but you can't pick your club. And, and it's true, like it's the right club for me. It feels right. It's I've you know it's been a passion since then. So, you know, no regrets. That it seems real funny just and this particular time as a Cologne fan to say no regrets, but no regrets.
0: You know, I always found it interesting. So you were watching Bundesliga uh, on like Gold TV, right? Yeah, that's right. It was Gold TV back With then. With Phil Schoen yeah. and, uh-huh. and oh, Messi's yeah. favorite commentator ever. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know it. But I, I always find it interesting how, like, uh, Americans found their their football fandom. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, you, you have, like what Mark was saying, a lot of people
1: do, you know, they'll, they'll find out where their heritage is. I even had a friend who was of English. Again extraction who was like well i think i'm gonna follow this team because that's where my grandparents lived or something it's like and that's a way to do it um i actually had a guy comment on something today on the christian pulisic tweet i had and he's like oh he's a you know i, I just hate him when he plays against volsburg because i'm a Wolfsburg fan and i'm and if you know me at all i'm like how the fuck does anybody become a Volsberg fan at all? <laughs> like right you want to, i mean it's like just the most plastic of plastic clubs and it's like Well, I mean, but that, you know, and we could talk about this some other time, but you know, that, that whole club versus commerce thing doesn't really translate to American sports because they, because they are commerce here. So
0: absolutely.
1: um, So, so I get that, you know, so yeah, sure. They're green uniforms and they're, you know, half full stadium. That's got to be very appealing, Um, but whatever. Uh, it, but it's always interesting. I, I do think it's interesting. It's one of the more interesting things I think you can talk to somebody, especially because most people just go one of the big four English teams, and that's the end of it. So when somebody is a fan of a Bundesliga club, I'm always curious. Like, how how you did you know, that happen?
0: Right. I You know, uh, my point was uh, kind of because uh, uh, when really it became accessible was probably like 2006, 2007, where you could see – matches on the regular, you know, all the time. Mm-mm. And 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 then a lot of, of American footy followers were met with derision from Europe, like how did you pick your club? Why is this? The And it didn't really matter like whatever the reason, it was just pretty much derided by everybody that lives across the pond. Mhm. But now <laughs> I find, um, as the NFL is growing in Europe, like all these all these English and German guys have like random, they support random NFL teams, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did you pick your how did you pick your team? <laughs> what is <this?"> and they're <laughs> like, I like the colors, or right. my <laughs> my cousin once went to Pittsburgh. Or, you know what I mean? And it's the same shit that we were dealing the other way, and we're supposed to be okay with it? Nah, the hell with you.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Well, you know what's funny about that is uh, several of the FCA fans I know, including the guy who runs Club Media now for for the club... they're all Patriots fans, and I just I just love to stick it to them. I'm like, you know, you know that over here, that's like being a Bayern fan. And It's like, no, no, it's not. Yes, it's not yes, team. it is. Uh, no, it's the same. It's <laughs> it is one hundred percent the same. Like, that's where I thought Susie was going
2: with that. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: um, I think I might have mentioned this before. Probably the funniest NFL football game I ever watched. I watched. Patriots playoff game in an Irish bar in London uh, Ooh. full of English Patriots fans. <laughs> and they do. I don't know if you know or, or if you in England, they do like footy chants for three hours for the whole goddamn game.
1: Oh, Oh, jeez, Louise!
0: (laughs) It is the absolute most hilarious thing i've ever seen in my life i i literally like jaw dropped or like tears rolling down my face just laughing my ass off i i just that's the most amazing thing i've ever seen (laughs) that is that's
1: crazy yeah that sounds hilarious (laughs) i would i'd be tempted to stand up and say all right everybody shut up Sit down. <laughs> <Right. just, laughs> no. Nope. When there something like, big happens, you can do
0: woo
1: or clap. That's
0: it. There was like forty dudes chanting about uh, Giselle Bundchen, and I was <laughs> just like, "What <laughs> is going on? I am not drunk awesome. enough, a." Eh? Or B, I am wasted. <laughs> I don't know
1: what's going that on. That is awesome. <laughs> no question awesome. They, I mean, they, you only have to go to one match over there bef- before you realize that they have way more fun at their sporting events than we do. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Although they are kind of envious of of our nightclub in uh, Dolphin Stadium. Or a hard stadium Yeah we have a nightclub sure. In our yeah. stadium
1: Well sure And then I mean show them the was there A hot tub At the Marlins games Or whatever uh, Hell or yeah the Which, which,
0: which by Oh the Arizona way, That's right By the way <laughs> Hot tub In Florida In like The heat That's like the <laughs> worst Freaking idea it's just ever Just a pool <laughs> <laughs> No but, but I did I worked for the Diamondbacks I lived in Arizona For six years Um the Diamondbacks pool is freaking awesome. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> back back when I lived there, you could rent out the pool. It was like three grand for the game, <coughs> or yeah, it yeah it was three grand for the game, wow. and you could you could have thirty people, so it cost a hundred bucks each. That's a, and we'd that's and we'd pitch in and we'd pitch in and do it because god damn it's so fun to be in a pool and watch a <laughs> <laughs> like bring random floaties and just <laughs> and you got you got I think if I remember correctly, you got like eight hundred back on your uh, as a bar tab like for food and bar uh, for beers and <clears throat> food and stuff nice but, yeah. It was pretty cool. That's not bad, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we should probably uh, get started talking about some German football, shall we? Sure, sure. Okay, so both matches were kind of meh. We've already established that, but we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Frankfurt first. Uh, it was a narrow one-nil victory for Bayern uh, away. Uh, the only goal scored uh, was in the 20th minute by Arturo Vidal. And and wow, oh, what do we say about Arturo Vidal? He's ever the conundrum. Gets a yellow on five minutes after a weak, stark a pass. Scores the only goal. Has a great game. But then commits a bunch of other silly fouls and has to be subbed. It... it, 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 it Mark, is this the most prototypical uh, Vidal performance we've seen? I think it has to be. I mean,
2: he's every game. I think this is the best you can expect from Vidal. You know, it's like every game he's going to go in, you know he's going to make a few terrible tackles. And if you're lucky, he goes and makes a great run into the box, heads home a few goals, and then nearly gets sent off. (laughs) It seems like that is just the way of Vidal, but...
0: Right. Uh, Randall, as an outsider, how do you view uh, Vidal's tenure at Bayern so far? Well,
1: I I mean, in in some ways you would say he's pretty consistent from the way he played at Leverkusen,
0: right? Right.
1: Yes, and then where I forget where he was Italy. Not that I watched him much in Italy. I mean, he's pretty consistent, but he uh, to a degree, or or actually in Chile, right when he was uh, acu- when he got pulled over for drunk driving and accused the police of ruining everything for Chile, or was that Copa America? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's just who he is. So in like in my view as an outsider, like I'm always a little surprised when he doesn't get a card because. To me, he seems almost restrained at times. Now, obviously, last weekend was a slightly different game, but, <laughs> but um, but he has those games too, right? Where he just is like, oh, I, I'm going to not ruin it for Chile. I gotta live. I got. I gotta be me. You know, he's like the Rashid Wallace of <laughs> <laughs> the League. and that's fine. I mean, you just gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah, um, that's just who he is, and I think it comes with the whole package. And but you know when just you could watch that play where he scored over and over again where it's just him and Kimmich are the only two people on the field who knows what's about to happen and Mm -hmm. it just was just such a smart move by him um getting the attention of the kid the kid obviously made a crazy left-footed pass I mean who else is going to make that cross I mean not many no And it was a great play. So, I mean, you got to, you know, he, it all comes in one package and you know what? I'd take it in a heartbeat because the fact of the matter is he gets that yellow and he seems to always kind of ride the edge, ride the edge until somebody pulls him out or he gets, you know, he gets kicked out, but it doesn't seem to hurt. I don't, I don't see too often where he is more of a detriment, I guess is what it comes down to.
0: Hmm. Right on. I, you know, throughout the Byron fandom, uh, I don't know. He's either a god or the devil. You know, it's 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 he's not somebody that you go okay about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Right, sure. <laughs> it's it's very very I tend to think of him like I I do gifts where he's the Tasmanian devil and or wrecking ball with Miley Cyrus on top of it. Like <laughs> like it, to me that's what he does. And while it's effective at times, it also becomes detrimental at others. Um, Kind of like that, that sort of attitude and it can get ugly is sort of like the um, Frank Ribery attitude to me. Uh, Mark, does that make any sense?
2: It does. um, I think, I think in a weird way, Vidal is more controlled emotionally than than Ribery is, if you, that makes any sense to you. You may be right. <laughs> but but Vidal, Vidal is. I, I just think of of him as chaos whenever he's on the field. You know, it's it, sometimes Bayern need that because at times they can be so bereft of ideas that they just. It, it seems that they're just making a big U around the pitch, and you know, and never doing anything. And at least you can always count on Vidal to do something unexpected whether it's good or not. You'd never know. But Ribery on the other hand just has a tendency to, uh, I think lose control of his emotions and, you know, start berating basically anyone within earshot.
0: But yeah. And and I've discussed this before and, and people who read or listen to what I write or talk about will, will know like this is uh, it, a big reason why I don't like love 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 of uh, Frank Ribery as much as a lot of other Byron supporters, because I feel like um, when that attitude comes in, it's a detriment to the entire team.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that definitely has an impact at times. There's pretty much no way to argue against that. He he definitely can influence. I, I feel like Arjen Robin especially like he feeds off of that for some reason. I I don't really know why, but it it seems like one, one of the two of them gets, you know, in their little hissy state, the other one just goes off as well. And it never seems to work out too well at the end.
0: Yeah. uh, A happy Byron is a smiling Byron. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Let's continue on uh, with Frankfurt though. Um, Again, Henkes, like in the PSG match, was very passive in his tactical approach. Um, Frankfurt actually ended up um, edging out possession stats on Munich, uh, 51 to 49. While boring for the fans, it does seem to be effective. Our teams not expecting it or might he be starting to trot it out too often uh randall as an as a neutral what do you think of this of of this sort of tactic
1: Well, certainly, as you you just said, it's not typically expected of Bayern. I mean, especially because more often than not, they're, they're going into the match, and as a fan of the opponent, you expect your team to pretty much pack it in, right, defensively. You just expect them to be very compact and just play on the counter. It's just kind of what you do when Bayern comes to town, or you have to go to the Allianz. So... Um, on, on one hand, it, it does seem a little bit um, off for what you're used to from Byron, even from Hinkus's earlier tenure there. But uh, it's kind of it, – I don't know. I always have a trouble questioning what Hinkus does just because – I mean, is it, it – what is going on on the practice pitch that he's seen that's making him make that decision? That's what I would wonder.
0: Right. But, um, I mean, I, you know <laughs> – I understood it against PSG. Mm-hmm. It was a three-one, sure. you know, three-one yeah. victory for Bayern, right? Just uh, um, obviously, Hank has, has a, a much better understanding with the team, and he trusts his defense. Where, where I think that that's something that Ancelotti did not do,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: right. Um, th- but uh, the last time we really saw that was a Bay Bay match with Pep that Bayern mm-hmm. ended up winning 3-0, which is kind of – that's kind of strange, right? Yeah. So But to see it twice in so many matches makes you kind of wonder, Mark, do you think this has anything to do with injured players still being out? Or just preserving energy until uh, we face uh, the winter break and then the Rookrunde? Yeah, I mean, I, th-
2: I think it's probably a combination of both of those things. I mean, realistically, no offense to Frankfurt or, you know, Cohn for that matter. But, you know, I think Bayern were more... A little bit more comfortable with going in there with not necessarily the best players that we had available. And it was an opportunity, you know, before that Baby Bay, Bay match to maybe get, you know, we obviously we got Lewandowski arrests. We, you know, got Hamas and, and, um, Coman as well. And I mean, My one thought when I was watching that match is that I I think that was in some ways almost a public service announcement for, you know, Byron. Like, hey, this is why we need to bring in Wagner, Like, you know, because there was no service into Muller in that Muller is not good at playing with his bag you know, to the goal. He's not going to hold up play. He's not going to be, you know, a traditional center forward. And when you have the wings that we had with, you know, Ribery who just does not look like himself at the moment and, you know, Coman playing out of, on, not necessarily out of position, but in, you know, on the right where he's not as comfortable, it seems like. They just really could not seem to get anything going um, towards the goal during that match.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I, I don't know. I, Hengis is obviously smarter than all of us armchair coaches, <laughs> so I'm going to be inclined to agree with his tactics thus far. And really, the only you know, there's two matches left until the break. So Stuttgart, yeah. and then oh the, god. That's a way it's regarded, isn't it, too? It is. Um, I almost got I was, my ass kicked outside that stadium. I just want you guys to know. <laughs> it was horrible. I can't believe that, actually. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've,
1: I've been out with you, Susie. I know how that goes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is also so oh. true. Imagine that. Like, Randall, you're definitely not surprised.
1: <laughs> No, not that, not that surprised. (laughs) Although, let's face it, Eric, the Leverkusen fan, was a thousand times worse that night, so.
0: Oh, my God, that was such a great night. Um, It was really good
2: Can I also point out, from that Frankfurt match, um, just, I I thought it was interesting that, more so than the formation and everything, that the pressing stopped (laughs) about the 35th minute, really. Like... Byron just was happy to sit in their own half, even when, you know, there was no real threat coming in that I I, I was more shocked by that than I was <coughs> allowing them to, you know, kind of take the game to Byron. It, 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 they were allowing them a lot of space and it almost got them in trouble later in that game,
1: but well, yeah, especially you know, with Rabich was, I mean, he was a threat, like a legitimate absolutely. threat. And you're not used to seeing Bayern concede that much space to a guy who's actually, you know, giving him a little bit of the business. So,
0: yeah, yeah. It, 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 this is interesting because, it, I mean, it wasn't it got really passive for Byron after Vidal's goal. Mm-hmm. Right. Where they were just like, eh, we got 70 minutes left. Let's try not to f this up, you know. <laughs> right, and you're
1: used to being—you're used to seeing a very physical display of. All right, we now have our foot on your neck, and we are about to start pressing. Right. And that to see him kind of go like, "All right, oh, let's put, no, let's put this in the pocket and get out of here." That's okay. just not what you expect. Right. But right. I, but again, I I wonder. I can't help but wonder, like, what is he seeing? Like, is he just, you know, is maybe the guys are tired. Maybe he sees them on the, you know, during the week. And it's like these, you know, these guys are worn out. So maybe we have to kind of adjust and be a little more conservative. Yeah. Or, or as you said, maybe he's trying to, uh, you know, make, make a on pitch display for why they need to go out and get um, more players. Or <laughs> spend more money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of that, what uh, what do you think of the rumor of Sandro Wagner coming over, Randall? Uh,
1: well, it's so it's a, it would be a slightly weird purchase to me because what you're used to from Bayern is them getting a guy who's like just on the you know right at the beginning of his real breakout, and Wagner's been red hot for a year and a half now, so relatively late in acquisition for them but he's he's just really a goal scorer's goal scorer right now so i mean not, well at least last year he was um, right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um it was the same thing with uh, oh my gosh i'm gonna forget his name uh firmino i remember when uh when they splashed out in England for Firmino, I was like, "Yeah, you're just buying him a little bit on the other side of his hot streak. Like, that's that's a lot to splash out for a guy who kind of cooled off last year. But um, that doesn't mean he can't be quality you know qual- if he's going to be a backup to the best goal scorer and potentially the entire world, in my opinion. Yeah, that's not a bad backup to have.
0: Yeah, n- not at all. Uh, our question, our questions over the whole deal was uh he's still in in contention for uh Dave of spot in the summer right so and then so it's kind of weird, like do you think he would go and play you know fifteen minutes here or there or play cup matches or whenever Robert's not feeling well in April, which is kind of every year um <laughs> Uh, (laughs) because Yogi still watches all the Bayern matches like he's at a big club and he has big big competition all the time does that hurt or help um, him going forward into Russia does he just make the practice team and then get cut or I mean because really there's not a whole lot of options at forward or strike right well
1: good question I mean I, I think I, I, I would think that a move would not take him off the list you know be, be, when he brings the team in before he makes the final team I wouldn't think that that would necessarily take him off the list for that but you know and then love is going to judge by what he sees in front of him I think ultimately but like you said with it, it's a little bit thin. you know Timo Werner and then what I mean it's a little thin so yeah, maybe Stindl. Uh, no, St- uh, St- but he's St- not really I'm uh, uh, talking desperation
0: <laughs> <But Yeah. laughs> you, you're you really not going to have to play Schindel up front, up top no
1: yeah, I, I
2: think Muller goes in there if you know, if for whatever reason,
0: if Werner goes down, yeah, but exactly
1: yeah. Well, and don't forget, you know, three years ago, or three and a half years ago, it was like, who's going to be the striker? Who's going to be the striker? And it didn't really matter. So that was, the answer was, it didn't really matter.
0: Right.
1: Um, they didn't really have, you know, what, you had Closa and, and uh, Poldy, who was there as, you know, class clown, basically. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The, he was he was the glue guy. I don't care what anybody says. He was the glue guy. He wasn't there to play football. I mean, yes, on the practice pitch, sure, but right. Um, yeah, he, he was the glue guy.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, one more small little point point about uh, the Frankfurt match. Unless you guys have others, before we move on to Kuhn, uh, Tom Starke made his 100th Bundesliga appearance. Um, even though he's retired, (laughs) which is kind of amazing. I'm not sure how that all works. Can you unretire? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the (laughs) rules are, um, but he, he was effective. Um, Came out a little Neuer-esque. He didn't really have a save in that match, although he would save three versus Kung and one especially lovely left-handed uh, save. But how crazy is it that we that Bayern has Tom Starke back? Uh, Mark.
2: Uh, <laughs> it says a lot about where we are with the fo- with the uh, goalkeeping situation, but I mean, it's great that he can you know come and fill in because I, I, you get the feeling that everybody's comfortable with him being back there, and I think that showed in both of those matches. it' honestly, I'd say there's a case to be made that he was probably the MVP of you know both of those games, which is kind of sad. I mean. <sighs>
0: No, but no. It, but no that, I mean, that's pretty awesome, though. You know, <laughs> it, it is. It, here's you know. a guy. You know, he's 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 still in the Bayern community, and they're like, "No, yeah, we don't have to go get anybody else. We'll just call up one of our coaches." <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, Randall. Is that weird, or is it just me? Well,
1: you know, it's funny. Is the you know the joke i would make would have made several times about Ulrich is like well what does it matter i mean the the, the other team's going to have you know 10 to 20% possession maybe kick one towards the goal at some point what's yeah you know, what's he really going to do <laughs>
0: um
1: but it, but shark i had a great game. i mean you i you could like you said he man of the match i mean he you made those big stops and that was actually the difference in the match. I mean, not, might not have been had, had the goal been allowed. Who knows how things would have played out? Butterfly effect and all, but um, it does seem a little weird. But I mean, if you like, without knowing what the rules are, if he's willing and able, and he's obviously shown that he is certainly able, yeah. What do you do? Go out and spend a ton of money? I wouldn't.
0: Nope. <laughs> oh. And, and Ulrich, um, if you haven't watched him over the season, it's definitely, um, he has come alive under Hankis where he was DOA under, uh, Carlo Ancelotti, um, and he's expressed it as well. As, as soon as Yopankus got in the door, um, he was giving uh, he was given a talking talking to, but not <clears throat> in a bad way. I mean, just in the, you know they had a conversation, and he immediately Hengus immediately placed um, his trust in Ulreich. and I think you can see um, the the sea change that happened between Ancelotti. And Henkes, especially, especially with Ulreich. I mean, it got better for Bayern almost immediately team-wide, but but that position meant everything, especially with Neuer being out until maybe the second leg of the Besiktas match now. Mark?
2: I completely agree. I mean, Ulreich looks like... <laughs> completely different player than he was under Ancelotti I mean you can just see the, the confidence returning to him probably almost more than it ever had been and it, his play has been phenomenal I mean it, it, you can't say that you don't miss Manuel Neuer because it's Manuel Neuer but like it, he has made that loss a lot more easy to bear as a Bayern fan than I think anyone could have possibly ever hoped for
0: yeah, you know, um, and it's weird because he was looking to get away and then got hurt preseason, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So imagine the situation that Byron would have been in then. Fructal? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Any, uh, uh, Randall, any thoughts, any last thoughts on that match or Mark? No,
2: I think we covered it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think we're all good. Yep.
0: Let's get on to match number two. Okay, Mm -hmm. so. (laughs) So in a match that nearly everyone thought would end up disastrously for under the gun Kuhn uh, with many Byron fans uh, being obnoxious and expecting double figures um, Kuhn parked the bus and played with a whole lot of heart um, the only goal scored in the match was at 60 minutes a Lewandowski tap in that started with a awesome chip from Jerome Boateng and I'm always going to prop him up because that's my bae um, <laughs> <laughs> to Muller with a weird like backwards headed header uh, down, to, down to Lewandowski to score um Also, by the way, with the astounding hair height of Lewandowski, I'm (laughs) calling him Johnny Bravo until he gets gets a goddamn haircut.
1: (laughs) Or at least changes the color. (laughs) Have we found out who he lost the bet to? Like that it made him had to do that I'm guessing Anna
0: <laughs> yeah it's gotta be Anna there's 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 like no no B you know is <laughs> it A B C D and E options are all Anna
1: <laughs> there you go
0: alright so it was that was
1: our TMZ moment yeah right.
0: <laughs> I don't know all these Byron players with their crazy hair and Rafinha uh-huh. with the white hair <laughs> Matt's, yeah, t- when Matt's <laughs> went blonde God, but that was that was that a, was <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: was tweeting I was tweeting uh, the PSG match I think well, I was tweeting one of the matches and I had uh, put a picture of Rafinha next to um or actually, I think I just tweeted about Rafina, but with a picture of uh, Daniel Craig's character from uh, the Lucky movie he just made. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I guess it's only funny if you've seen it. But people were of all the tweet, you know, all the football tweets that went through that ninety minutes, that was the one everybody's like,
0: "Yeah, that's the best." <laughs> like, Twitter
1: is so goddamn ridiculous.
0: <laughs> it is really weird, uh, like uh, all the. Like really tactical. I don't even do it anymore because nobody likes anything. So I just, (laughs) I just, (laughs) I've done I've done whole Twitter matches in GIF form. Yep, there you go.
1: That's the perfect way to go.
0: And it goes over surprisingly well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No surprise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so so yeah. This was this was a low energy Bayern once again. Um, Henkes uh, uh, rota- rotated the team decently, but um, a vidal Cornton uh, tolisso midfield pairing is never really a great sign for Bayern. But perhaps <laughs> this was a match that Henkes could risk it. Uh, Mark?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think... Given what we all knew Cole was going to attempt, there wasn't much danger of really losing possession or worrying too much about position as far as, you know, ball control and all of that. So uh, if you're going to throw the two of them out there together, I I suppose it was as good a time as any. Um, it, the two of them also can provide some, you know, good runs into the box, which, oh. I think that's probably what he was hoping for was you know, adding a little bit of attack going forward, you know, a little bit of aerial threat, maybe. but yeah, it's you know, it's never the best option in my opinion.
0: So. <laughs> right on, right on. and um, uh, Randall, how did you, uh, I know there were there were there are twelve guys out. You've got a hospital full of. An injury list uh, going yeah, it's on. Crazy. Yeah, no, that's completely nuts. I, I don't know that I've ever seen worse, and that's like an honest assessment. Even looking at the the, the transfer mark page and just seeing all those red crosses, I was like, I wait, ha, who who's gonna actually play? So well, so cons- <laughs> right. So considering um considering that they still had a great match what do you think what do you think of the starting 11
1: well, the starting eleven was a com- was a complete mess. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um, we had thirteen professional players healthy for the match. You know, the rest are all kids. If you look at the um, look at the bench, it's all these. These are all guys who've not played or they're making their debut. Um, so the starting eleven. But as you said, you you, you can say you know. Whatever Byron's motivation was, whatever their energy level was, and what their attitude was going into the match because of all the variables that go in when they you know, you see our our starting uh right back is the lone striker. I mean, <laughs> what do we really have to do to win this game? Score a goal, I guess, and that's what they got. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you got to be proud of the way they got, you know, because they put an effort on. And you maybe you can say that they're all auditioning for their jobs for next year in the second division, but they they played. Hard. I mean, you have to say they played hard, and that actually was really the hallmark of the team, even up to the last days of Peter Stoga. Is that they always played well as a unit. They didn't play well, obviously, because they didn't win a game. <laughs> but um, but you did. What you didn't see was like guys who had given up. Like, you didn't see a lot of bickering, you know, amongst themselves. They, you know, they were always a good team unit, and that was what we liked about Stuga. Um, and I thought they put in a great team effort, and they came away with, when I mean, you say a loss is something you can be proud of, but a 1-0 loss to Bayern after failing to get a single win in the 15 matches that preceded it, I'd say you'd take that.
0: Yeah, so so it does kind of feel like a small victory,
1: right? Right. I mean, I, I had tweeted, I think there's no such thing as a moral victory. Like you, a loss is a loss. But you got to be you got to be happy with what they did, because most of us were expecting a complete paddling. I mean, we've we've had much better teams get smoked by Byron. Much better teams. Right.
0: So. Yeah. It's So. So. Uh, Byron wasn't very adventurous or clinical or. Um, from thirteen corner kicks and God, there was like twenty crosses at the half. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty shitty. Let's not, let's let's not paint a nice word on it. Yet yet, Khan uh, dealt with it all. I mean, they're playing, you know, uh, five at the back and a bank of four right in front of them, in front of the ball. Um, and even though. Uh, even though they made changes at the half and bringing on Hymas and and Kingsley Coleman, Mark, um, there wasn't really an improvement over the te- the sort of tediousness of the first half that involved um, that our favorite. Midfield pairing, uh, Arturo Vidal or Talisa, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Hamas was def- desperately needed. Um, I think you saw, especially in this match, I felt like they needed someone who could create something, you know, I, basically out of nothing. And when. With the players that Byron had on the on the pitch at that time, they, they didn't have anyone that was really going to do that. The first 15 minutes, they created a few chances here or there. None of them necessarily great, but, you know, a few. But then I, I'm almost not sure that I wouldn't have brought on um, one of the two of them for um, Ribery and left Vidal on the pitch just because, again, he – does make those runs in and can create a bit of chaos where you know maybe other people can't. So, but you know, Yuppie's Yup and he can do whatever
0: he likes because he's <laughs> the man. So, <too. laughs> Randall, right um, uh, Randall, how are you? How are you? How are you looking at uh, Frank Ribery as he ages? From what you've seen. He's
1: not getting any prettier. Yeah. Um, No, that's so, it was so wrong. I didn't have to do that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny is it kind of going along with um, what we were speaking about earlier with Arturo Vidal, I said, like, for all of the uh, personality flaws we see with him, what, what you don't really see, at least from... My perspective, and let's be honest, I don't watch Bayern nearly as closely as you guys do. But what what I don't see is him kind of tainting the rest of the team. Like, for some reason, like, whatever, like, Vidal doesn't seem to really have this, like, conflicting. Uh, thing with the team image, whatever he does, it's kind of like, eh, you know, okay, we love you anyway. That's good. Ribeiro's like he seems almost to me like he's kind of okay, like being the black sheep. He's going to have a little bit of attitude, and um, and let's face it, he does not have the same kind of jump and and uh, energy that he did, even when Henkis was there the first time or the last go around, right? right? Um. But he's, still, you know, his technical skill makes up for a lot of that. Obviously, he's surrounded by great players. But um, I think there was somebody last year pointing out that, you know, it's time to move on. I can't remember who, who had made a really good point on again on Twitter. There's so few of them made out there. Um,
0: <laughs> so so maybe it was like, you know,
1: is really, you know, the stat we have in uh, in baseball is, you know, wins above replacement value or something right. like that and it's like his would be pretty low now right like it probably is time to replace him it's just and and that's i know that's kind of hard because didn't he he just i think he's now the has the most matches for a foreign born player yeah in a byron uniform yep. is that right yep. yeah so been a great run and you want to be appreciative of that but um i don't think he's aging nearly as well as uh as as uh yeah, the other side is. Yeah, it's yeah, just not.
0: Well, the big thing... Is, the big thing is that Byron's attack, like, through the most recent years, has been very wing-based, right? Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And even... Even under Pep, like you could overload, you could play, you know, W's. You could play four one four one. You could play. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter the formation. Like everything, even under the crap that Ancelotti brought forward, it was still, still all very wing based. So, um, the wings need to be dynamic, and 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 Ribery is still. He's a smart football player. I'm not taking that away from him. He has lost a couple couple of steps. That is absolutely okay. But he's not functioning in the manner that the team needs for him to function in, right? Which is take-ons. Yeah, for he sure. He doesn't take on anymore, right? He kicks yeah. off. So So... Yeah, I, he's a Byron legend, and he'll be appreciated throughout time. Um, but, but you kind of saw that against Cohn, is there isn't that – I mean, I'm sure he still has the ability, but there isn't that drive. Or maybe he doesn't, you know? Uh, there isn't that drive to take on three guys. So he's still drawing defenders. But then he's not running through defenders. hmm Does that make any sense, or am I talking out of my ass here? <laughs>
2: no, it makes sense to me. I mean, I, I'd say if you've watched him over the last, you know, especially the, these last, this last year, it, it, you can just see the regression in his – Ability to take on defenders And I mean there was a time where he could get The ball with you know an inch of space And get through And that time is just gone He just can't do it anymore I think the effort's there I think the idea's there His body just can't keep up with it any longer It's what it
0: looks like to me at least I think that's a pretty fair assessment Randall um Do you have any other takeaways from the Cone match?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, there's, you know, we're kind of at this. I think I mentioned to you the other day is like, at the, you know, when it comes right down to it, if if Bayern approaches that match the way they approached the the PSG match, it is it's the laugher we all expected. So the outcome I think says a lot more about all these other um, intangible situations for both squads at this point and and how it played out. So it's it's hard to read much into it. And of course, for us over here in Cologne, it's just... (sighs) You know, we're just well beyond worrying about what's going on tactically or right. um, what you know. Well, I, mean, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to I mean, laugh. Just,
0: I'm not laughing meanheartedly like I'm laughing. No, I mean well. it's, it's yeah. the
1: reality of the situation. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I know. I know that you are not laughing like ha ha. You're going down. Like I know. I know. So you, <laughs> It, that would only it, be that just, would yeah. only
0: be Hamburg.
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh, I, I mean, I, there were actually after the weekend, there were actually people going. like, well, we're going down, we're taking Hamburg with us. And it was like, I
0: like, just can't. See, be listen, I I would totally get behind that. I mean, sure. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm, so, yeah, I'm sorry, was... but if you yeah. if if Kun can take Hamburg with them, I I would be so appreciative it would be ridiculous
1: (laughs) i think that feeling is well felt throughout the (laughs) league
0: um so so how is life post uh peter Stoger?
1: you know it's funny i think i think the uh the funk the depression is much worse um about that than it was the actual table situation, the fact we haven't had a win. You know, maybe maybe there was a little buoyancy from the... From being in Europe and then actually getting a couple of results, you know, against Arsenal's second, you know, second team basically at home, nobody cares. Nobody cares that they win it. They they approached that game much like Bayern approached our match this week. It's like they were they were, they didn't care if they got a point. They didn't care. Right. But we got the win and everybody celebrated. You know, I think even.
0: It's like winning Maybe the it was Champions League at that point.
1: Yeah, they were. They were like, oh, you celebrate, you know, oh, they were rolling their eyes a little bit. It was like, well, you know, remember when we showed up in London and showed you guys what it's like to kind of really love being part of a football club? And, you know, you, you were all it's like, wow, these guys are really, Well, you know, that's kind of that is what it's like to be a Cologne fan. So I'm sorry that you have a match in Europe and you're just kind of bored with it.
0: Right oh, good. That's that's not our problem So hey, yeah we, Of course
1: we're going to feel great
0: First of yeah. all People in the Emirates Stadium I, They suck They're the mm-hmm. freaking
1: worst I've heard, yeah
0: <laughs> I got called a fucking German C-word
1: Oh, that doesn't sound <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> Lovely I'm not sure they're any better than some of the other stadiums, from what I've heard. You know, some of the stuff that you know, you had the uh, the incident with the clone or the uh, clone, the Chelsea fans in Paris or in London, right. was it? Yeah. No, oh, Paris, not London. Uh, in Paris, I forget what that in was In
0: Paris, for. on the train. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You just shove some guy off the train, and we're racist and we love it, or it's like, oh, what? Why? I don't <laughs> get. Yeah. I don't get that at all. But yeah. Um. But oh, yeah, it's yeah. like you're. I think i think when you're like rolling your eyes at somebody for being excited about a win i think you've had it too good or maybe you just uh, you're you're just too jaded for me we're no longer like on the same wavelength as you're not
0: you're not a fan you're you're no it's, like, it's yeah. you're completely blasé i mean yeah you know yeah. what i don't care who we score against you know i don't care who byron scores against I celebrate. Well, everybody, the, you guys I, score against. Well, everybody. yeah, yeah, but I celebrate. <laughs> the sh- I celebrate the shit out of every goal. Because you're a fan. You're a real fan. Yeah. I mean, the, of mm. course
1: anybody who thinks otherwise just doesn't, is not paying attention because, well, you know, but, but of course you're going to get more of that with, you know, you get more of that at Bayern than we get it. You know, it's like, Oh, you're not a real fan. You're just a band. You know, we obviously nobody's joining the clone bandwagon. <laughs> 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 there is no bandwagon. Even after making it to Europe, I mean, admittedly there was a, you know, I was looking at my dormant site and there were, there was an uptick in people checking out the site and that was good. I was like, if only I could write more. Um, So that's natural, a team sudden, you know, especially for people who are shopping for a team. It's like, well, I don't want to be a Bayern or a Dortmund fan because everybody's already doing that. Oh, who's else? Who's on the perimeter? And that's how teams like, that's how people are fans of a team like Hoffenheim. You know, it's like a little, you know, they don't even play in Hoffenheim. That's how small it is. (laughs) And, And people are fans, so... Anyway, um, yeah, the, it, people were really bummed out about Stoger because he, you know, it wasn't even a year ago we were talking about him as um, the quote unquote Cologne version of Arsene Wenger or Wenger, 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 I don't know. Wenger. It's Wenger, Wenger. I don't know. I always throw that German accent on it when <laughs> no, French, I don't know why or that pronunciation. I think he's from
2: the German part of France. So, so oh, there you I think go.
1: Um. So, so that was a year, not even a year ago. He obviously got us to the heights. As I as I pointed out, the the there the attitude of the players. When, you know, when you say a coach has lost the locker room, that was very clearly not the problem. The the problem is the roster, right? and it's just straight up. You lose a guy like Anthony Modest and you replace him with a guy like John Cordoba, who's just he's great. Play I like him, I like there's a lot I like about him, but he's not He's not
0: runner. modest. No. no I
1: mean, right. And didn't hit the lottery on that. So so not, that kind of exposed a lot of the other problems with the team. Um, so for, to Lou Stoger, who had held it together for so long, um, it really a lot of fans are upset about that. They're just really—I mean, the day that happened, there are being calls for like a special meeting of membership to vote out the uh, the board of directors. So oh, wow. this is going to—really? The, the, yeah, the fallout oh. from this is is, is continuing. Um, people are more upset at the board of directors than anything. People are calming down a little bit, of course, and I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I'll be surprised if they survive the next um, general membership meeting, if there is, an, you know, even if there's not one of those recall election type things. So when
0: when is your AGM? Uh, in the fall. Oh, okay. Um, so you had it because you had it like a month ago.
1: We already or? had it. Yeah, the, this year's is already passed by. Okay. Um, it might have been in October, October or November. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. So yeah. yeah, the one for the it won't be until next fall unless there is a way for membership to call for one to have to have it. And there was there was discussion of that happening. I don't know if that's gone anywhere officially because I'm not that deep into what goes on behind right. the scenes.
0: So so so, so talking about Stoker uh, what do you make of his Bay appointment?
1: <laughs> it's, it, I have to say it was weird to see him in all that black and yellow um, on Tuesday. Um, I think it's a, I, I actually think it's a really smart hire for them, especially because he's only signed into next summer. Um, they can, you know, that's obviously a test drive if they want it to be, and they can walk away in the summer, no matter what happened. If they win, you know, if they win Europa league in the cup and, and, and heaven forbid the German title they could still go well we kind of like this uh Nagelsmann guy we'd already kind of decided um so we're going to do it because they didn't really give him a big contract or a long contract They gave him enough money for sure um but his whole strength is really – what people don't realize about him, when he moved to Germany and the FC played really defensively and really um, on the counterattack, and everybody labeled him as a defensive coach. Well, when he won the title in Austria, it was, uh, it was the tag team of Roga Schmidt and the power of Red Bull money. Salzburg is <laughs> usually the champion there. And they scored, they scored in buckets down there that he was uh, coaching fk Wien, uh vienna right and, and they won the title because they were an offensive fluid offensive attacking team so he what he what's really good about him is that he gets the team together he um he adjusts to the tools he has available to him and in in that situation while i think they obviously played a little more defensively than they normally do he'd only been with the club for a handful of days when they played their game the other day i think what we're going to see after he gets to work with them in the winter is uh, i wouldn't be too surprised if you see a, a much much more traditional looking Borussia Dortmund on the other side of the break
0: mark do you, do you have any questions for randall about kon <sighs> <laughs>
2: Uh, my main question probably would be concerning what what is going on with Jonas Hector and like, what 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 do you see him doing assuming Comb do go down? I mean, well he's
1: he's a he's a he's a he's, a, he's, a, he's def, definitely a, not a stereotypical footballer in so many ways. Uh, I don't know if you've read much about how he came into the league um, or how he got to Cologne from his you know, his small club, but he wasn't one of those guys who was, um, identified as a young guy and then went to a big club and developed a mm-hmm. squad. He's, you know, he, he was in his small farm farm town club until he was, I forget how old, maybe, maybe not 20, but close, uh, moved over to Cologne in the second division and worked his way, obviously. And to where he's one of the most regular players for the, uh, for the German national team since the last world cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been injured. Uh, he can He started playing, uh, training with the ball this week. I don't think we're gonna see him. No, I know we're not gonna see him Saturday. Uh, yeah. He should be at full health uh, when we return in January, though. Um, now. He's not going to go to the second division. Obviously, he's a yeah. national, national team player. Um, just like Timo Horns, you can just consider him gone. Of course, the conspiracy theorists among my FT brethren are that because the Stoger appointment went so quickly, that there had already been discussions between the bayfau Bay and Stoger. Well before he was fired from Cologne, mm-hmm. um, they had this—they had this deal in place. So Stugger sandbagged his attitude around the office, which people had noticed that his attitude had gone a little sour over the final week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would get fired and get this big deal with Dortmund to go over there, and that Horn. And Hector are going to follow him there in the either the winter or next summer. So this is a conspiracy theory. No, we, this is our tinfoil hat type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was kind of my question because
2: honestly, I mean, if you're a David Bay fan, I mean, you'd have to think Jonas Hector just walks into that team right away and instantly makes that back line much more viable. So, and obviously, we all know the downsides of Roman
1: Berkey. So, (laughs) right. Well, I mean, (laughs) certainly makes sense, too. There was, you know, the there was talk that Horn was going to go to Dortmund last year and the year before. Um, there were a lot of people who thought that he would, re- that Stöger would replace Tuchel there. And there were, you know, there was words that he was talking to Dortmund over the summer. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, fullbacks are, uh, or, uh, wingbacks, outside backs. I always get the English terminology wrong. I'm so used to the German terminology. It's so <laughs> weird. Um, it, it, they're, you know, they're always at a premium. A quality guy like that doesn't come on the market very often. So yeah, of course he's going to go in there and be the starter. I, I, there's going to be people who are like, but he's a he, uh, he's a defensive midfielder. Well, he's not. He he was made into a defensive midfielder out of necessity by Stöger because because he was needing help there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he's you know much like Philip Lahm, and I'm not going to compare the two, obviously, but it, it was like his his playmaking ability was such that they felt they could get more out of him there, that he would be capable of making that uh, transition. He's a, he's really smart. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, obviously, um, because he – but he just is a really good player. I mean, I mean, yeah. he makes mistakes. Don't get me wrong. But um, I think I think somebody's gonna be very happy with him. And we're all, you know, I I don't know what I'm gonna do with my Hector jersey. I'll just probably <laughs> use it to dab my tears. Aww.
0: <laughs> Aww. I'll
1: just wear it to Sanhausen and slap a new name over it.
0: Oh no. <laughs> So um guys, any any last thoughts on this match?
1: Glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honey, this this was this was a good loss.
1: <laughs> it was it's, it's one of the better losses we've had. <laughs> Take that over that crypto.
0: And I promise I'm not being condescending. I know. I know you're
1: not. No more.
0: So um so, a couple of silly questions before uh, we let you, dear listeners, go. Um, so, guys, I'm a big old dork, and most likely you guys are too. I'm not going to presume <laughs> to throw a title on a way. <laughs> <laughs> So So, um, Marvel or uh, DC? Randall?
1: oh are we talking movies or comic books
0: um you can do different answers for both
1: okay well when I was a kid I got my grandmother to buy me a, a subscription I don't even know if you can still do that to the incredible hulk magazine or comic what? book magazine so i'm not as big a dork obviously as, <laughs> as my if I'm, I'm sitting here like calling it a magazine but yeah i had a subscription so i was into the hulk and of course my last name hulk hulk right people that was real you know in school obviously it was called the incredible hulk quite a few times so um i have to side with stanley
2: <laughs> nice. i uh,
1: i i fall in the same bucket i i can't
2: lie um i was always more enthralled by the x-men to be perfectly honest but right on. um yeah i i don't think there's any arguing the movie universe at this point uh, marvel has demolished dc in that front but even in the comic book world i i could never get behind the batman superman thing it's uh, Superman's so overpowered, and Batman's so whiny at times. <laughs> 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 I know I'll get a lot of hate for that one, but you know, <laughs> just my opinion.
0: <laughs> so I'm total, uh, I'm totally an MCU girl, right? Mm -hmm. Marvel comic universe. Um, Are you guys psyched for Black Panther and then uh, Infinity War? I just want to cry right now because (laughs) it looks freaking amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think... it's hard to watch any Marvel trailer without immediately getting so excited about seeing the movies. Um, I, I'm, I'm especially excited that I feel like we've kind of gotten past the point of introductions and building storylines for future movies. So it'll be nice to see them kind of just go at it. If you know what I mean?
0: Who's uh, I, Mark? Who's your, who's your favorite uh, MCU hero?
2: Oh, man. Um, (laughs) Probably... It's, how it's going to sound like I'm just piggybacking, but probably Hulk, to be honest. Uh, he's he's such an interesting character because of, you know, both of his personalities being so strong in different ways, but also having super big weaknesses.
0: Did you watch uh, Ragnarok like five times? Like I've seen it already. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it every time.
0: So. <laughs> Randall, so you're going to go with Hulk, too, right? Well, no, I actually am
1: not I am not to to backtrack I am actually uh, I have a serious case of comic book movie fatigue like I really do Kind of, really? But but I'm I'm excited to see the Thor movie because I've heard such great things and I love the guy who directed it. He's hilarious. He is. I do. I think it's just gone too far. There's just so it's like reboot after reboot and all. So just get I'm I'm done with it. It's just people get I think the, the the nerds get so excited like if they can't stop talking about it. It's like over and over. And it's just too much. But you know it's fine. Um. But my favorite actually is a character from the X Men who I don't even know if he's made the movies yet. That's how much I haven't seen. Is a Gambit, Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gambit is, uh, yeah. Cade,
0: he, uh, yeah, Gambit is awesome.
1: Card throwing guy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. always liked that guy. Thought he was kind of cool. No, I agree with that. Gambit was always, Gambit and
2: Wolverine were always the dynamic duo for me. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Wolverine's cool too. I mean, it's kind of hard not to like Wolverine.
2: Yeah, but did Gambit you, always was different. Sorry.
0: Did you did you see <laughs> Logan Randall? I haven't seen it yet, no. Oh, my God, watch that movie right now. Just get out of the podcast and go watch it. (laughs) Yeah. And you will will definitely shed a tear at the end.
1: I've heard not to watch that around a seven-year-old, so (laughs) I may have to wait till he goes to the
0: test. (laughs) So my favorite character is Dr. Jean Grey. She's a good one. Because she just kicks everybody's ass at everything all the time. Yeah, fair. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, Funky Tham- Jansen is so gorgeous. <laughs> Every time I see that iteration of her, I'm just like, oh <laughs> She's
1: I so, kind of forgot that was her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's True.
0: so awesome.
2: <laughs> Thoughts on the uh, Sansa Stark version? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I, you know what? And I love her, too. I, I just, Apocalypse was very underwhelming for me. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be nice to see her get, she's getting her own standalone movie, so it'll be nice to see what happens with that. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. One more one more thing Star Trek or Star Wars
2: I'm going to take the, the odd one and say Star Trek to be honest I mainly cuz I watched it all the time as a kid it would be on you know when nothing else was on late at night and you know
0: <laughs> Mark what's your favorite series in the Star Trek uh, Over. Honestly, The Next Generation, which that's I know is too. not popular. But no, it's amazing.
2: <laughs> it's, I, I always loved, you know, Jean-Luc Picard. It's like, they, I, I just love the storylines. I thought they did a great job with that series. And like I said, I mean, I grew up with it, so that's probably half of it. But, you know.
0: Man, I I totally can binge watch me some The Next Generation, I and I follow every single actor that played in it on Twitter, and I I love every single one. Uh, Randall, <laughs> you.
1: I've, I've actually never watched Star Trek. It's not been something that... Uh, but I do like... I, I did watch all the Star Wars movies, so I have to go, obviously, with the Star Wars movie. I'm actually reading a book right now called um, From a Different Perspective, which is a collection of short stories based in the Star Wars universe uh-huh. written from the perspectives of, like, minor characters. So, Really? Like the fir- yeah, the first story, and I only just started reading it, was... um written by the captain of the ship. Um, And and it took place in the time between Rogue One and A New Hope as he's transporting Leia um, with the plans for the Death Star from the raid where they stole the plans um, to where, you know, trying to escape the Empire. And then, of course, they're caught by the uh, Star Destroyer, and he is picked up by the throat and killed but it's him going through his escape and piloting the ship it's actually a really uh it's a really cool conceit and there are some amazing writers in it i highly recommend you check it out if you're at all interested
0: is that an actual book or just
1: yeah it's it was published uh last month uh
0: oh my god should be able to so
1: get it. it at your library or get on the wait list at your library or <laughs> right. pick it up at the bookstore
0: <laughs> awesome okay um, I think we're gonna leave it off right here little nerdiness out of the way and <laughs> Frankfurt and Kuhn out of the way I really god. really want to thank my guests uh, for, first Mark uh, where can we find you online
2: uh twitter uh at i and um i have my own little blog byron syndrome dot uh, wordpress.com
0: awesome and and randall a lot of people will be more familiar with you and oh, uh, you,
1: you flatter me
0: <laughs> <laughs> where are you at babe
1: Well, I do edit stuff and occasionally write for Bundesliga Fanatic, as you said earlier. I have a Cologne site that is rarely updated at AmericanGeistBach.com. You can find me on Twitter at ODROKU, Odroku, or. Geis, uh Geissbach USA. If you want to just hear my cologne only stuff, but oh. which you wouldn't because you're all you know you're all buying stuff. You're buying you want to hear you want to hear the you know, or I guess it'd be fun to point and laugh and like ah you guys
0: are losing again, <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's the there's there's your list.
0: Awesome, and uh, I am your. Most wonderful host, which is a total lie. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's wonderful. Susie Absolutely
1: wonderful. <laughs> yeah.
0: okay. Total bullshit. Uh, I am on Twitter at the Susie Uh T H E S U S I E S C H A A F. But you all know me from there anyway. Um, and I'm not really writing that na- right now, but I'm trying really hard. Uh, if I am, you can find me at miasunrollt.com. Anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us today for episode 13. And um, we will get back to you after the Bay Bow Bay match. Uh, danke, Leute. Servus. Tschüss. Wir haben den Kampf gewonnen, den Sohn kommen, Knochen, das freie Herzzzimmer. Wir haben den Kampf gewonnen,
2: den Sohn der Wir haben den Kampf gewonnen, den Sohn der Knochen, das freie Herzimmer. Wir haben den Kampf gewonnen, den Sohn ra tu cau que vol nel